0: Church, let's stand and worship the Lord together. We welcome you on this Mother's Day. I know that the Lord loves our our mothers, all the mothers and motherly persons in our lives. And I know his heart for us is to become spiritual mothers to those around us in this awesome church community that we have, to the youth, to the children, and I love that the Lord loves to put people in families, and so welcome, welcome, welcome to our church family here. Egypt. You took me by the hand. And you marched me out in freedom. Into the promised land. Now I will not forget your God. I'll sing of all you've done. Death is swallowed up. Jordan In the middle of the storm Jesus your name is power your name is healing your name is love break every stronghold Shaguru The name of Jesus over fear, over fear, and all anxiety to every soul held captive by depression. Come on, I speak Jesus. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets Darkness over every enemy. Jesus, hold my family and speak the holy name. Jesus. Jesus. Oh. Shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over. from the mountains jesus in the streets jesus in the darkness over every enemy jesus for my family i speak the holy name jesus
1: Aren't you glad you could call on the name of Jesus? Aren't you glad His name is above every name that you could cast your cares upon Him because He cares for you? Aren't you excited for that? You could be seated. You know today's uh, Mother's Day, and traditionally, you know the church always celebrates motherhood. And uh, a couple, probably about uh, three, four weeks ago, I picked up uh, an encyclopedia on Jewish thought, and I've been reading it. Someone told me I'm a geek for reading an encyclopedia, but that's okay. You'll get some good illustrations out of it. And it was interesting because one of the things of, that I was reading in it was uh, it pertains today to Mother's Day because if you read through the Scripture, one of the things that you find in the in the Hebrew Scripture in the in the Old Testament, uh, the word that's used for spirit is the Hebrew name Ruah, and the the Ruah is actually it's interesting because. It is the word that we we read in the Old Testament that that means the Spirit of God. In the New Testament, they use the name Numa, which is a, a the Greek word. But it's interesting because the Hebrew uh, the version of it is actually a feminine version of the word. It's actually the the the, the noun is a feminine, and, and the rabbinic language. It's interesting because if you go into Scripture and you read Scripture, if you look at uh, Exodus chapter 40, verse 34. There's a passage about the presence of the Lord coming down and filling the temple. And when the presence of the Lord came down, the word that is used there is the word Shekinah. You've, maybe you've met someone that's been named Shekinah. I'd say actually a girl's name. I've met a couple people named Shekinah. Actually, one of the gals in India that we, we recently were with, her name was Shekinah. And uh, Shekinah is literally, it's the the, the manifest presence of God, the the dwelling place of God. It's like in the Old Testament, when the people were out and it was so heavy, the the Spirit of the Lord came down upon them and it was like a weight. It actually means to, to the dwelling place of God. And I was thinking about that because if you go through Scripture, God always presents Himself in a way that we can identify with. You know that? And I love the fact that when you read through Scripture, one of the things you'll see is in, in the book of Genesis, in chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, it says, And in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and his spirit, which is the, 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 the pronouns used for the, the word spirit, ruah, there are, are feminine. And I was thinking about that for Mother's Day because scholars tell us that there, we have a, a few Jewish people in here, right, Robin and Lynn and Micah? You know, it's interesting because when you read through Scripture, the, the lineage of the Jews is carried on, I don't know if you knew this, but it's actually carried on through the mother. The father is not the one who determines whether their children are Jewish. So when we were Israel a few years ago and we went to the Western Wall to pray, uh, I went up and there was a bunch of rabbis standing on the side and, and they looked at me and I guess I don't know if it's because of my, the way I looked, but I washed my hands at the laver and I was walking down and they asked me if I was Jewish and I said, no, I'm not, but they said, well, are you married? And I said, yeah. And they said, well, then your children, is your wife, your wife, I said, my wife's Jewish. And they said, well, then your children are Jewish. Have they been bar mitzvah? And I said, no, they haven't, you know? And they, they, they carry that on. And it's interesting because when you read through scripture, a lot of times in scripture, that the, the description of God that he uses, listen to this. He says in, in the book of Job, God is depicted as having birth and giving birth and having a womb. In Isaiah 66, he says he comforts like a mother, and that's why the the, the concept of Mother's Day is so important. Because on Mother's Day we want to honor the ladies, right? We want to honor all those that are mothers or mothers to be, or maybe you have a mom you want to honor. And I thought about this, and and I thought about Scripture. I'm so glad God is beyond gender. You know, that He's not limited as male or female. That part of him, you have God the Father, and Pastor Lynn is going to be preaching about this in a little bit, about why God is God the Father, and there's a whole theological thing behind that, but also the fact that God identifies with each of us. You know that? Like when we were in overseas years ago, I remember going into, into Malaysia and going to a church in Malaysia and seeing pictures of Jesus where he looked oriental. And then when we were in India, that you have pictures of Jesus when he's, he's, he's Indian, when we are down in Antigua, we went to a church, a great church. You think we have long services. Their worship was two and a half hours long. And my wife and I were the only Anglos in the building, and their pictures of Jesus were all of of, of black Jesuses. If you go to Latin America, Jesus looks Latino, you know? And everyone knows that Jesus is Latino because he asked for a little burrito. You remember, In actually, in the Spanish version, you know? Uh, people want to identify with who they are. They want a God that identifies with them. And I love the fact that Scripture talks about God in such a way that He's the God of all people. You know, there's a, an artist that that does some really cool work, and I was thinking about during service, and I, I pulled his name up, and his name is uh, Thomas Blackshear. He does some amazing artwork. One of my favorite paintings of him uh, that he did was of Jesus standing there, and he has a robe on, and it has the, the flags of the nations. And I, I thought how every t- tribe, every tongue, every kindred, every people are going to worship him someday. And I don't know if you've ever been in a service where people are from different ethnic backgrounds and they're singing in, in their, their own language, how beautiful it is. And to me, that's just a, a slice of what heaven is going to be like. And I was thinking about how God makes himself known to each of us in a way that we can identify with. Isn't that great? That the God is not just the God of the Jews. He's just not the God of the Gentiles. He's your God. And that's why Scripture tells us in in, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, he says, cast your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. He cares for you in all the uniquenesses of who you are as a person. God cares for you. So this morning, I just want to go to the Lord in prayer and ask that as we go to the Lord this morning, if you have some needs that you have to just give to the Lord, cast them to him. You know, casting is, is literally mean. Throwing to them, you know, AJ, you're a football player, right? So, what does it mean to throw? It means to just pitch it, right? Just give it. So, Lord, right now we just come before you in the name that is above every name. And, Lord, we cast our cares upon you. Lord, we care, uh, we don't want to carry those things, but we want to give them to you. We want to ask and pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would not just hear our prayers, but you would answer our prayers. We know that, God, you are faithful and you are committed to us as your sons and daughters. I thank you that, Lord, we don't have to do uh, sacrificial offerings to hear, have your, uh, our prayers heard. But Lord, we can pray to you, and we can know that you hear our prayers, and you're moving on our behalf. And right now, Lord, I pray for those of us that have needs that are really just heavy, that are pressing on us. Some of us, we've not even shared with other people, but you know them. You know how they weigh down our heart, and they heavy it. they're they heavy upon our hearts and on our spirits. And Lord, I pray that we would just take those things and leave them at your altar this morning. I pray for our family members that may not know you, Lord, that, God, you would reveal yourself in the unique way that only you can and demonstrate your incredible love for them, Father. We pray, Father, for our friends and neighbors and coworkers that are going through difficulties, Lord. We pray that the grace of God would flow through us, that we could be the Jesus that they see. And that, Lord, we could love them the way you love them, Lord. And we could encourage them and pray for them and strengthen them, Lord, and speak words of hope and life to them, Father. And I pray, Father, if any of us are dealing with physical illnesses or sicknesses or or family members that are, Lord, I pray that Jehovah Rapha would come down and bring healing to them, Lord. That your compassionate, nail-scarred hand would reach out and touch their bodies and bring healing and strengthening to them, Lord. And Father, we just surrender ourselves to you this morning because we know that you care for us and you love us. And Father, I pray that this day would be a day that we just celebrate your goodness, your mercy, and your loving kindness in all that we do and all that we say. In Christ's name we ask, amen. Amen. Aren't you glad the Lord loves you this morning? Aren't you glad he's there for you this morning? Aren't you glad he cares enough to to call you by name and to give his grace to you? We want to welcome you to Crossroads. Uh, Matthew's going to come up and share some announcements. Also want to welcome those that are watching online, either live or delayed. Thanks for joining us here at Crossroads.
2: Good morning, Crossroads. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers here. Uh, we just want to welcome all the visitors. Um, if there's any visitors, uh, we have visitor cards on the back of the pews. Uh, if you want to fill them out, get us your information, and we'll get you information about what's going on in the church. Um, Wednesday nights is our Crossroads Connect. Um, the men and women are meeting to start new, uh, a new study starts on Wednesday, May 18th, for the women. Uh, The God I Never Knew. Uh, it's a study that the men went through, and it was a really good study, so the women are gonna do it too. Um, the women are also going through, uh, another study called He Speaks to Me by Priscilla Shire. Uh, the women meet here, uh, 7 p.m. on Wednesday in the sanctuary. Uh, the men meet in the educational wing in the classrooms, uh, same time, 7 p.m. There's also a Kids Connect. So if you have kids, don't worry about it, bring them. Um, you can drop them off past standing and she'll get them all in the word and everything. Uh, young professionals. So, young professionals, there's a small group. Uh, me and my wife are actually the ones who lead that one. Um, it's every third Friday at 6 30. so if you have young professionals in your family uh, young adults or if you just know of somebody that you want to reach out to um, you can get them connected and come to the uh, young professionals also there is going to be a dinner and hangout for young professionals at the iwanagas at 7 pm this thursday Um, if if you want to join that or you know somebody that you want to uh, have join it you can rsvp with pastor nick Tongues of Fire, Friday evening, July 1st at 8 p.m. These are an awesome service to come to. This is a service that is just focused on the Lord's presence. That's, I mean, you get into his word and you get into his presence. It's an outpouring of his presence. It's a time of just going deeper with the Lord. I encourage you, come because his fire does fall. Uh, Water baptism and ice cream truck, July 3rd, following both services. Uh, The water baptism. If you've never been baptized, I encourage you to get baptized. Um, It's another deeper encounter with the Lord. It's a proclamation of your faith in front of other people saying, "I, I have decided to follow Jesus. Also is the ice cream truck. If you have kids, once again, bring your kids, get them sugared up. (laughs) <laughs> marriage retreat uh marriage retreat is going to be on august 20th um if you're interested it's 25 for a couple uh shelly will be doing it pastor lynn's sister um i've heard nothing but good things about the the message so i encourage you come teen challenge is our ministry partner of the week teen challenge of northwest cal nevada um for us, if you've come to our Holy Spirit Conference, they're always here. It's always a blessing to have them here. Um, we pour into them, but just as we pour into them, they pour into us with their stories, with their, uh, their victories over their addictions. Uh, this is a great ministry to be a part of, to bless financially, but not only financially with your prayers too. So I encourage you, keep them in prayer. Ties and Offering. Tithes and Offering. Uh, I was just reading, actually. We all know the scripture in Malachi, where the Lord says, put me to the test. And I was talking with my wife, and I was, we were talking the other day, and uh, one of the things that I was telling her is, sometimes I could have this mindset of like, okay, I gotta do this. I gotta put God to the test. I gotta do this. I gotta follow his word. But we forget about the after. We forget about what he says after. And this is what I want to bring up right now. He says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's army, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out blessings so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. And then this is what he says will, will also happen. He says, your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them. He will guard them. He will guard those things that you have, your crops, your property. He will guard them. That's the awesome thing to me is that he says, I will, I will guard them. Your grapes will not fall will not fall from the vine before they are ripe. They will not fall before they are ripe. It's an awesome word. It's an awesome word. And sometimes we get so caught up on the put me to the test or do this. For me, I know I get caught up on that. But he says, but look at what I have done for you. Look at what comes after. And that's where the thanksgiving in your heart comes from is the things that he says, look at, look at, I have blessed you. You know, so let's pray. Father God, I, I thank you, Lord. I thank you that you, my God, are faithful to us, faithful to your word, Father, faithful to do what your word says, my God. So I pray that we would put you to the test, my God, that we would see your your, your favor, my God, your goodness, my God, and all of your blessings, Father. I pray, my God, that as we give, Father, you would bless each home, my God, each individual, my God, uh, with abundance, my God, that it would overflow, my God, that we would not have enough room to contain it, Father. And Lord, I pray for what is given, Father, that Lord, you would uh, multiply it, my God, and the needs that the church has, my God, and the different ministries, Father. Lord, I just thank you, Father, and I just praise you, my God, and I just ask that you bless this tithe and offering. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Your name is power. Healing, your name is life. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows like a fire.
3: Praise the Lord. You know what praise the Lord means? Check, 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 actually. <laughs> Come on, we have a sense of humor around here. I do. I know Jesus does. As long as Jesus does, I'm good. <laughs> a couple things. Please consider going to the women, the women's, the marriage seminar on August 20th. Um, it's going to be powerful for marriages. Um, it's not if your marriage is in crisis. It's not about that. It's for everyone, everybody that's married. Uh, even if you're engaged, it would be really good to go. It's not just for this house. If you have um, people that you would like to invite for that, it's from 9 to 3, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, continental breakfast and lunch is provided. And um, I am believing God for the nurturance of marriages because one of the greatest witnesses to this world of our lives is a good, healthy, godly, strong, powerful, fulfilling marriage. That is one of the greatest testimonies you could have to this world. And I believe that that is an evangelistic tool that the Lord wants to give the church of Jesus Christ. The only problem, we haven't had good, healthy, powerful marriages. And so this uh, seminar is biblically based. Although my sister, Dr. Shelley Roberts, she is a therapist. She has schooling and she is a counselor. She has a therapy business. She actually has 50 couples waiting for her. She has so filled up and because she's such an expert in couples in crisis and different things. But she's giving us this weekend, I just really feel so, I know some of what she's going to talk about because I've been a part of her seminars and teaching and I've been uh, sat under that, Pastor David, both uh, he and I have done so and wow, it is a powerful teaching that's going to have your way of thinking about your marriage um, empowered. So I just want to encourage you to consider doing that. We're giving you enough time in advance to plan. That's why we're talking about these things. Now, if you show up for the free ice cream cone, you got to show up for the $25 seminar, okay? Come on, people. All right. I love those free ice cream cones, though. We always upgrade to a banana split, by the way. Um, <laughs> we do. So bad. So good, but so bad. Online audience, I know you're there and I thank you for logging on. We have an international online audience. Many of our partners log on live with us. I want you to know I'm preaching to you too. I know you're listening and I'm thankful that you log on. I'm going to talk to you about how I believe and we believe in the power of Jesus's name. We're in a I Believe series and a few weeks ago, I, the Lord was stirring this on my heart. So happens that I ended up preaching on Mother's Day. We probably would have arranged that anyway. You have the blessing of having a female preacher every other week. Most churches don't, but you're blessed. I'd love to say that. Huh? Yes, yes, we are. Yes, we are. Um, <laughs> just, why not? You know what? I remember, I was sitting there remember. I remember the time when I could count how many times I preached on one hand. You know what I mean? Like, I remember those times. And I didn't preach with fire. I preached frozen. You know, you're all scared, you know, frozen preaching. Um, So now I I can't count how many times. It's just interesting how the Lord... uh, grows your faith, and he uses you, and I want to encourage you to keep stepping out in whatever God has called you to do, because there's going to be a moment in time where you're going to remember, wow, way back when I uh, started this process, how how much um, you know as long as Jesus is with me, it doesn't matter. some of the worst sermons I preach had the greatest results, by the way, so I don't even worry about it anymore because I know. That what we do, we do for the sake of Jesus Christ. We do it for whatever kind of ministry that we're doing. Whatever kind of thing he's asked us to do, we do it for him. Amen? We do it with his anointing upon our life. And we believe in the power of Jesus' name. And when we, I say uh, Jesus' name, that encompasses more than him being our savior. But actually, if you look at these names that are on these banners... Scripture tells us in Colossians that all the fullness of the deity dwelled in who? In Jesus. In Jesus. So when we say, I believe in the power of Jesus' name, we are saying that I believe in everything Jesus is. Everything, my provider, my healer, everything, my savior, my deliverer, everything that Jesus is, we believe in who he is. I'm going to read Philippians 2.9. It says this. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. His name is above every name in heaven earth and under the earth and that is the name by which you and I are saved acts 4:12 says this salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved you have come to know Jesus because of his work because of his name we are saved by the name of Jesus we believe in the name of Jesus, we believe in who He is. Who He is. It's interesting when I was preparing for this message way back a few weeks ago, I had the idea that God was going to have me, the Holy Spirit was going to guide me to preach it a certain way. And it was going to be one of those messages where you get real hot and go, man, and power, and He's Jesus' name, healing, Jesus' name, delivering, Jesus' name, you know. And I can do those, those are good. I love those kind of messages. But that's not where the Holy Spirit led me when I actually sat down. Because where he led me was about believing. About believing in the, in the power of the name of Jesus. And he kept going back to believing. Believing. And I'm going to talk to you significantly about belief. Because a lot of times people make the equivalent that belief and faith are the equivalent, but that's not necessarily true. Although they're related to one another, belief is different because belief has to do with your mind. Belief is important because belief is the river bank of the flow of your faith. Now, if you look, think about a river and you have banks that kind of control where the river flows. Think about this. I'm going to I always give you like so much scripture that most churches give you in a year. I give you in one sermon. That's how it works around here. But (laughs) I don't care. You're going to be strong in the word. And so belief is the river banks, and the river is your faith. Belief happens when your thoughts are in agreement with what your spirit is acknowledging. Belief happens when your thoughts are. Are in agreement with what your spirit is acknowledging. We can lack faith because we do not believe. Belief uh, provides access to our faith. We're gonna go deep today, okay? Belief provides access to our faith. John 20, 29. Because you have seen me, you have believed blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed in other words that jesus is speaking about that the fact that we are to believe without physical proof without physical manifestation the way that our salvation comes. Acts 16, 31. It says this, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Now, we are not saved through our intellect. Very important for you to, to know this. And a lot of times people want to, that's why the whole thing of combating with people intellectually, is not how somebody's going to get saved. People do not get saved through their intellect. However, the mind either supports your faith or it can erode your faith, okay? Faith is related to belief because faith supplies the spiritual conviction that a belief is true. Faith supplies. So faith is in your spirit. You get saved, and, and belief has to do with your mind being in agreement, even with something that you may not intellectually grasp. Okay, let me give you an example of that. We believe what the Word says, that when we are saved, we become a new creation. Right? You believe that? A new creation. We believe that. Now, I can get, I get saved, but then you look at your body, you look and say, man, if I'm a new creation, why didn't I lose 20 pounds? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, wow, that would be great, you know, being a new creation, lose 20 pounds. But the fact is this, I can believe That I'm a new creation, even though my intellect doesn't necessarily understand what that all entails. Because it's a supernatural concept. Okay? So I'm going to talk to you about believing today. Scripture says about faith, Hebrews 11. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Belief provides access to our faith. Belief provides access to our faith. Now, we're going to give some scriptural foundations for these things. See, the enemy wants to attack your belief, your mindsets, the ways that you think regarding what Jesus can do. I want to say this because I've been in the church. Many of us in this room may have been in the church for a long time. Some of you I know, your backgrounds, your your upbringing. You were a person who's been brought up in the church, and that's a, a beautiful thing. But I've met a lot of Christians who have faith, have a faith in Christ. They will go to heaven. They believe in the saving work. They're going to go to heaven when they die. But they lack belief in certain things. This is what we're going after today. They lack belief. They have restricted. The flow of their faith because they don't believe what the word of God says for areas in their life. And as a result, they restrict the power that can flow. This is very common. You know, they have something called uh, cessationist theology, for an example. I'm not going to kind of go too much into that. But it's a group of Christians who will go to heaven that do not believe And that miracles and healing is for today. They believe that it stopped with the disciples, with the apostles. And that not that the saddest kind of theology you could ever hear? But what have they done? They've restricted faith because they don't believe. But so many times, people, we can restrict what the Lord wants to do through us because we don't believe that God can use us in that way. For our lives, for our daily life, daily lives, not just tongues of fire service, daily lives. So the enemy goes after our thought life; he goes after our mindset. And actually, the truth is this: in our mindset, you know what Scripture says? One of our favorite Scriptures around here, twelve Romans twelve, chapter twelve, verse two: Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why does the enemy want to go after your mind? Because your mind has to do with your belief. The belief has to do with the riverbank of your faith flowing. So if he can get you to cultivate unbelief regarding things that the word has said for your life, you may believe that it was true for that time. You may believe, oh, I believe everything in Scripture is true. I believe what happened in the Gospels and Acts happened. I believe Jericho fell. You can believe all those things. However, you don't believe it for your life today. You don't believe it for your circumstance today. See, the fact is this. We can become theoretical in our faith. In theory, it's true. But what about for you in 2022? The enemy goes after your thought life to not believe it for this generation, for this time, for your life, for your situation, for your impossibility. Okay, 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. Well, this is a scripture we should know around here. Because the enemy wants to attack our belief, our mindsets, and regarding who Jesus is and what he can do. Who Jesus is and what he can do. What the Lord can do. where the fullness of the deity dwelled in Christ. And what he can do as a result of the relationship that we have from him. So he wants to go against our minds or even more significantly our own flesh wants to be sown so we can blame the devil all we want but a lot of times it's just simply our own flesh second corinthians 10 3 through 5 for though we live in the world we do not wage war as the world does the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world on the contrary They have divine power to demolish strongholds. And let me just stop there. Too many times people have thought a stronghold was something outside of them. Oh, we got to go after that stronghold. There's a stronghold over there. Let's go after that Buddha. Whatever you want to say. Whatever. Uh, there's There's an idol over. Let's go. No. If you read on, you'll find where the strongholds are. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive... Every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Where is the stronghold? It's in the mind of a person. It's hiding out. It can be hiding out. It's the spirit of fear. It can be hiding out with the spirit of the world. It can be hiding out with the philosophy of the world, thinking, oh, the world's philosophy trumps what the Word of God says. I'm going to believe what the world says, the wisdom of the world, rather than what God says He can do regarding the situation. It hides out. It's a stronghold. Stronghold can be embedded over time. It can be something you learn. It can be something you learned wrong in Scripture from a bad preacher. It can be something that's been embedded over time time through so, uh, somebody modeling it to you but it's a stronghold in your mind and this is where the enemy wants to get you because if he if you have strongholds in your mind what happens is it it prevents the flow of faith to believe God for what he wants to do. In you and through you. And what are you supposed to do? You are to demolish those things. I love the wording here because Paul is saying go after it. Go after it. Demolish it. In other words, get rid of it. In other words, take it captive. It is, it is a language of warfare, but it's a language of saying something's trying to run away with your mind. Go take that captive and bring it under the submission of Christ Jesus because you're to have the mind of Christ. And that is that you believe that everything that Jesus said he is and what he can do through your life, you believe that. Come on, whoo, I'm working hard for you today. So we gotta confront the ways that we think, bottom line. And particularly in those moments and times when we have circumstances and struggles and troubles and impossibilities. When things feel like they're so beyond what can happen, that impossibility. See, that's the challenge for our mindset, for our belief, that whether we're going to have the mind of Christ or whether we're going to have the mind of the flesh in regarding our situation. See, in the scripture it says, the things we demolish the things that are set up against the knowledge of God. What is he saying? Those things set up against the word of God. Those things set up against the promise of God. Those things set up against the person of God. We got to take those things captive so that we don't walk double-minded. Because if we walk double-minded, as James says in James chapter 1, he says this, don't expect to receive anything when you're praying in doubt and in unbelief. He says that. If you write that scripture down, when you go home, read it. That he says, that is the enemy for you to receive is when you have unbelief. You are, you're saying, why am I not receiving? It's because you're praying in unbelief. The flow of your faith, your belief system is restricting and choking out your faith. Come on. We need to be careful what we really think. Because belief is that riverbank for faith. And I'm going to tell you, 2022, our faith needs to be unleashed through our belief. Too many Christians walking around with restricted faith. Restricted because they don't believe. Because if you believe, you will act. And the Lord is saying over the house, and you know what? I am so thankful for the last three years because he has shaken us. He has awakened us. And he has said, I'm bringing you back to the heart of loving me. It's not about performance, and it's not about celebrityism, and it's not about money, and it's not about all these things that even the church has depended upon. It is about me. It's about my name and believing me. We're going... Listen, I am thankful. I am fired up about what the Lord wants to do in this house and through this house. We've only just begun. But what He's wanting to do is unleash faith through our belief. So He will confront our belief systems. Come on, Jesus. I want to remind you please don't misunderstand me. We do not get saved through our mind, it's not an intellectual pursuit. There are religions that have the intellectual pursuit. We do not get saved through our minds. But our minds, our thoughts, either support or erode our faith. And our mind, our thoughts, is to be a a support system to our spiritual faith that we have. Jesus confronted strongholds. And I like this because there's a story. It's one of my favorite stories. It's actually one that was foundational to the Thirst Conference in January. And it's Mark chapter 9. And the setup to this story is that the disciples couldn't cast out the demon from the boy. And so the boy is brought to Jesus. Mark 9 20. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. I've experienced this recently, not personally, but with, with in ministry. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you, some of us, this is sometimes the way we're praying to the Lord. But if you can do anything, but if you can do anything, king of the universe, name above every name, creator, If you can so happen to take care of the problem, because my problem is so much bigger than any other problem in history. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And he says this, Jesus's response is significant because before Jesus does the miracle, he's more concerned with the stronghold in the mind of this father. If you can... What are the ways that he's confronting the thoughts? Because what he's doing, he's making way for the flow of the faith by confronting the stronghold of the mind. Jesus says, everything is possible for one who believes. Believes. Do you believe? And immediately, see the, the... The boy's father confronts his stronghold. He exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit. He said, I command you come out of him and never enter him again. I want you to see the significance of the confrontation of the belief system here. The Lord is confronting our belief system because that has to do with our faith and the flow of our faith. We are to demolish the strongholds that, take, that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. We've got to confront those strongholds in our life so that the river bank is expanded. So that the faith flows in our life and through our lives. You know, it's interesting, in Jesus' ministry, regarding belief, he goes to Nazareth. You know this scripture because Matthew 13, 58 says this about Jesus, who did miracles and healings and resurrections elsewhere, and he did not do many mighty works there because of their belief, unbelief, their unbelief. How significant is our belief? It makes a difference. I want to challenge us not to have a theoretical faith. In theory, I know Jesus can do it. In theory, but when it comes to my life, my situation, my child, my finances, my health, my community, my church, this ministry, whatever it may be, I don't believe. The Lord is saying, confronting us. He doesn't, listen, He doesn't want you to walk around with a theoretical faith because that's an impotent faith. That's not a powerful way to live. He has called His children to walk in His power and authority, but it does have to do with us believing. You know, too many times, too many Christians, too many Christians have been in the faith long. Excuse. Their unbelief excuse their stinking thinking and you know what they can blame the devil all day long but it comes from their own flesh that they're just simply cultivating their own flesh because in order for you to believe you've got to surrender that flesh and you got to trust the lord romans 8:6. the mind governed by the flesh is death but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You got to realize when you cultivate your fleshly mindset, you give excuse to it, you harbor it, you allow it to be in your mindset, you don't confront it. What you are doing is that you are allowing hostile thoughts towards the ways of God. It's hostile. Why? Because it gets in the way of what the Lord wants to do. It gets in the way. It does not please God. What pleases God is our faith. Listen, Scripture says, Hebrews 11, 16, And without faith it is impossible to please God. Therefore, we have to beware that we're not cultivating fleshly mindsets, worldly mindsets, belief systems cultivated by the world and the wisdom of the world that fight against, truly fight against the mind of Christ. Listen, the Lord is raising up a body of believers in this time, in this generation, for the world. It's not just in the States, it's all over the world, that walk with the mind of Christ. they walk with the mind, not the mind of the world, that don't try to fight the battles with the weapons of the world, but they fight it with spiritual weapons, and the way we do it is with the mind of Christ come on, Jesus. But we've got to take captive those sneaky little things. And you know, there's no condemnation for when we have doubt or unbelief, but it's when we're cultivating unbelief when we're allowing it to remain, when we start watering it and excusing it, that's what we have to confront it. And I'm going to say, especially for those who have been in the faith for a few years or longer, that we are to be people that are are confronting those things in our mindsets. See, I I really believe it's like, wow, Pastor Lynn, this isn't a Mother's Day sermon. Yeah, it is. Because every mom in this room... is a supernatural woman of God. Every mom in this room is going to be a a powerful person who tears down strongholds in their own minds, but also doesn't pass them down to the next generation. See, the, the Lord wants us to function in his power. Not only have his power in us, but he wants his power to function through us to the world. Not just saying, oh, it's great that I have his power. But he wants it to be unleashed in us to the world. You know, I heard, I don't know if this is exactly accurate. It sounds accurate. There's 7,700 promises of God in Scripture. 7,700. And I love the Scripture in 2 Corinthians one twenty that says this. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. These promises, I love this. Paul writes, who's one of the most brilliant men ever, he writes, No matter how many promises, you can say 7,700, you can say 6,500, you can say 7,701, I don't, but you know what? No matter how many promises they are, they are yes in Christ. And they all belong to you. They all belong to you. They all are yours. But you have to say amen to it. What is the amen? It's my mind, my belief. I am in agreement with that. Let it be so. I will, Lord, it may look impossible in my circumstance. Let's say 10 years ago, Pastor Dave and I have almost been pastors here for 10 years. In June, first week of June, we will have been pastors over this church for 10 years. When we came to this church. There was a lot of challenges, lots. And we came off the mission field, off of India. We had a um, a salary based upon India, meaning when we were going to go buy a house, because I, I believe God said, you know what? I want to give you a house because you're going to be rooted and grounded in this area. Listen, we're coming off on a uh, missionary salary, self-employed missionary salary in Santa Clara County. You all know how impossible that sounds, right? It sounded really impossible then too. Not only was that impossible, there's a lot of other things around this house that were super impossible. And Jesus, and Scripture said this, Jesus said this word, this is going to be your word, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are a yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by the glory of God. I begin to say, Lord, I, I believe in your promise, that what you say, I say I'm in agreement with it. And then what happens is we apply for a mortgage. We apply to, to qualify qualify for a mortgage and guess what happens we get rejected and then i said all of god's promises are yes in christ jesus to that i say amen i'm going to believe god for this so i go to the altar said lord you said even though the circumstance says differently lord you said you said so i'm going to keep persevering in my faith i'm going to keep asking i am going to keep knocking i'm going to keep trying and did you know the lord did open up the way and the truth is this now Ten years later, our house is worth two and a half times the amount that we paid for it. But more importantly, all of God's promises are yes in Christ Jesus. And to that we say amen. And His promises are not just for me. They're for you in your life in 2022. Whatever you may face. But you've got to believe that amen is the belief. Some of you say, well, i got some impossibilities. The Lord is challenging you the way that you're thinking about those impossibilities. You know, when we talk about believing in Jesus's name, we call upon the name of Jesus. We're not summoning Jesus to come and be with us. Jesus is already here. Jesus is already present. What we're doing is we're acknowledging the presence, the power, the authority of Jesus in our lives. And the Lord wants us to acknowledge his Even right now when I preach, you're here, Jesus, right now. Lord, you're unlocking right now. You're confronting strongholds just like you did the man in, in Mark chapter 9. You're confronting the strongholds so that the miracle can be done in the lives of people. Some of you, the Lord's saying, I'm coming to you. I'm knocking on the stronghold. You're saying, if I can. And I'm telling you, I can. But you've got to say, I believe. Help my unbelief. I believe, Lord. And the Lord will do the miracle because he is asking you to confront the stronghold. See, Jesus, our faith in Jesus is expressed when we exercise that faith. He wants you, you know, we're people of faith, and the word faith is a word used throughout the world globally. I'm a person of faith. But what does that look like? What does that look like? We exercise our faith. You know, Jesus, when he was here, he sends out the 70. He tells them that they have his power and authority by his name, They were to use his name and that they could cast out demons and heal. And they come back, Luke 10, verse 17, and it says this. And the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. They come back with joy. And you know what Jesus said? You know what his response was? He says this. And I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He could have said anything. He could have said, good job. He said, good that you use my name. I have a powerful name. But he says, rather, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Why was that his response? Because Satan was already under his feet. He, he never ceased to be God, by the way. He didn't come to, to, to earth to do something for himself. He did it for us. And when he gave his name to them to go about and and, and exercising his authority and power, he did it for them that they would have the enemy under their feet. That's why when he says that Satan falls from lightning from heaven, he says, when you function and believe in my name, the enemy is defeated. He falls from his place of authority in your life. In that situation. That's why he wants us to function and walk in the revelation and the acknowledgement of the power of his name because his name is means simply that he is in me and he flows through me. It's interesting else what he says here is that he says, I have given you authority to overcome all the power of the enemy. All the power of the enemy. Why are you so afraid? Why are you so fearful? When the truth is this, his power and authority to his children, to his believers, is to overcome all the power of the enemy. That's what he says. But he also says this, don't rejoice in the power that you have. Rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. In other words, this comes all through our relationship. We are to have relationship. The power and authority that you walk in is not about power and authority. You know, there's a lot of um, new age spirituality. Everybody wants some power. Oh, give me a crystal. Oh, this crystal will help me not have fear. This crystal help. God will help. Oh, give me some sage and I'm going to go wipe it around. A house so that the demons will flee or whatever. All that Nonsense. Nonsense. Super nonsense. I bet the enemy's just laughing at the humans. Because they're so... You know. Nonsense. And yet people actually believe it. Their mind. They believe it. And yet, the truth is this. We're in relationship, people. We're in relationship to Jesus, his presence, his person, who he is. He's given us power and authority over all of the enemy's power. And it comes through relationship. It's interesting because Jesus later teaches about power in his name, power in prayer in his name. But I want to read to you the context of this because it has to do with how you and I are to walk just like Jesus walked. See, Jesus came here to show us and to pay for it that we can walk in Holy Spirit power. We are to walk just like Jesus walked. Jesus did everything on earth through the power of the Holy Spirit. He laid aside his divinity and said, everything I do, I'm going to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit so that you also can do it. So I'm going to tell you, if you say you can't do it, It's wrong. It's not true. It's a stronghold. It's a stronghold. You can do it because Jesus said you can do it. So in John 14, 9 says this. He's talking to his, his disciples. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. He's speaking on the authority of who? His Father. And he's going to teach us to speak on this. Then he's going to say, now you're going to go and speak on the authority of my name. See, he is modeling to us how we are to live by the way he submitted to the Father. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Later, after Jesus goes to the cross, is resurrected, sends his Holy Spirit, and in the Scriptures in the New Testament, it says that we are now in Christ. Jesus is saying in this Scripture, I am in the Father. We are now in Christ. Where you dwell right now is in Christ. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. It's not theoretical. It's spiritual positioning where you have power and authority. You actually, you actually have power and authority. You actually do. It's a real power and authority. But Jesus is showing them. He's saying, see, watch what I'm doing with the Father. I do everything in the Father's name. I'm submitted to the Father. He's showing them how to do what he will equip them to do by sending the Holy Spirit. And then he says this. Believe me when I say that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves very truly. I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. Whoever. That's you. 2022. That's you. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Because he's going to go to the Father and he's going to send his Holy Spirit. So that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you so that you can do the very works that he does and even greater things. And then he says, and we love this scripture. I think it's in Hobby Lobby on a a, a thing. I think you can get it. Verse 13, we love Hobby Lobby. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So I'm telling you, just as I do things in the Father's name, now you're going to do things in my name. And that's how you're going to function. And you're going to do even greater things than I did here on earth. That's the positioning that he has for you and me. What can block that? Belief. That's what blocks it. Belief. We always do things not on our own authority, but just as Jesus did in submission. He did it in submission to the Father. We do it in submission to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit. That's how we function. He was giving us how we function. And then he says this. Listen, you ask whatever ask whatever but where is your where's, where's the river banks of your belief see because if you're not going to ask he can't do it because you're not believing you got to ask some of us we're so uh, stingy with asking we don't it's as if or maybe we're too proud or maybe we don't want an impossibility in our lives so that God has to show up in that supernatural way because our our belief system is so limited See, this is the thing about what Jesus is saying to his disciples in this moment. He says to them, When you see me, you see the Father. When you see me, you see the Father. Listen. He doesn't say, when you see me, you see the creator. He doesn't say, when you see me, you see the mighty God, El Shaddai. He does, and listen, these are Jews that he's talking to. His disciples are all Jews. So they're familiar with some of these terms that God is called. But he says, when you see me, you see the father. Why did he say that? Because he's talking about sonship. He's talking about being a daughter. And daughters and sons have DNA. So when he says, listen, we have the same DNA. The father and I are one. We have the same DNA. But guess what? We as sons and daughters have his DNA. And he's saying, listen, when you see me, you see the Father. And we say, when you see me, you see Jesus. That's our job. When you see me, you see Jesus. And he'll do whatever we ask in his name. Because he wants us to. He'll do whatever. See, this is this is our assignment. Doesn't matter what your job is, doesn't matter what your, your family dynamic is, it doesn't matter what what some, some kind if you're a business owner or you're a teacher or whatever, plumber, doesn't matter. That's our assignment. When you see me, when I show up, Jesus is showing up. That's our life. That's your life. And if you say, Oh, oh I don't think so, stronghold truth. That's a stronghold, because the truth is this. That's what he's saying. You know, it's interesting when I went to Nepal, and I hope Brother Timothy doesn't mind me saying this, but recently when I was in Nepal, met a new friend of ours, Brother Timothy. Wonderful man of God. He's incredible things. And he was new, he's, he's planted many churches for many years in that region. And he said later, after we had been with him about a week, he said, you know what? I want to tell you something, Sister Lynn. He said, what? He said, when I first looked at you, I want you to know I saw Jesus. When I looked at your eyes, I said, those are Jesus' eyes. And he said, when I was by you, I said, he said, I can smell the fragrance of Jesus on you. That's no, it's not just me, it's you. When you show up to do plumbing, people are like you know what he's a. There's something special about him. There's something safe about him. There's been some creepy plumbers, but this guy, come on, you all know what I'm talking about. You're all like, should I left it leave it, let him in my house? I don't know. But this guy, I trust him. I'm I'm being honest. Do you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. The fact is this when. You show up, Jesus shows up. And not only does he show up in his presence, but he shows up in his power. What do you need me to do? We're in partnership here. What do we need to do about this situation? It's not you. You're not trying to figure it out on your own. Oh, I got to go find some. You know, what do we need to do about this? Peter and John go to the temple In Acts chapter 3, there was a man there who was lame from birth. And he was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful in Acts 3, verse 2. And where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention expecting to get something from them. But this day was different because they brought Jesus. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. And what I have is Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. I have Jesus. You have Jesus in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus means, you know what? He's here. He's here with me. He's here in me. He's here through me in the name of Jesus. And I believe, and I believe in the name of Jesus that I believe what Jesus says. I believe in what Jesus promises that he paid for on the cross. I believe in Jesus. And therefore, the riverbank of my faith is increased and the faith flows for that situation situation. Last story. Acts 19 verse 11. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day, the evil spirit answered them. Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. When this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Why, Pastor Land, you had us there with silver and gold, we don't have, but we have Jesus' name. Why are you ending with this? Because the truth is this, it all comes back down to relationship, being close to Jesus. This story tells us that those who did not know Jesus didn't have a personal relationship, were not close to Jesus, trying to play around with the spiritual power got eaten up. And I'm going to tell you this. I didn't say this in the first service, but I felt spiritually. There are people who play with spiritual things and then they wonder why their families are being uh, eaten up. Yeah. We got families eaten up. We got people half in, half in, not whole in, we got people half in with trying to think that they can kind of play play the thing with Jesus and play the thing with the world, play the thing with the, the other spirits of the world and the other worldly ways. And I'm going to tell you, this scripture says this, you cannot do that. And the other thing is this, and, I, and this is my prayer for my life, and I pray this for every person that calls this house their home and all of our partners online, that the spirit realm knows our name spirit realm knows your name here comes Jose uh-oh here he comes try to attack his mind let me try to get him discouraged there let me try to, to make a stronghold there so that he won't step out in belief for what the Lord has said see does the spirit realm know you I know Paul I know Jesus i know them so they shouldn't be functioning in authority and power because they don't have rights to it because they don't have relationship with Jesus. We live in a very uh, spiritual world. There is, I call it a superhighway, but there is a name above every name. You don't need to be afraid of the spiritual highway when you're close to Jesus. Because you walk in power and authority. But I'm going to tell you, what does the early church get out of this? They hold up Jesus' name in high honor. This world does not hold up Jesus' name in high honor. I don't know if you've noticed that with how they use the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm going to tell you, children, you hold his name in high honor. Because by his name, we are saved. By his name, there is power and authority. By his name, there is healing. By his name, there is deliverance. By his name, by his name, by his name, there is the power and authority. And the, and the Lord Jesus is calling us to function in greater belief in his name. I want you to stand. one of the things is i was praying because as i minister actually throughout the nations there's different types of strongholds that take on the minds of people in different parts of the world And I was, and a lot of times it's easy to say, oh, yeah, you know, people, they worship other idols and, you know, those kinds of things. So we can see how that's a stronghold. But what about here? What about in the U.S.? What about Santa Clara County? What about Morgan Hill? What about South San Jose? What about Gilroy? What about us? And I was praying about that. And actually, I didn't even get an answer from the Lord. Sometimes he withholds the answers for me. Until I'm like sitting here. I'm like, Lord, really? We could do this in advance, right? (laughs) He and I talk like that. Really, Lord? Come on. And he says, you know what the stronghold is? And I said, what, Lord? That they take on some of the ideologies and philosophies of the world. And they harbor those things in their minds. And... As a result, they don't believe my word. I'm going to be real. That's what he said, and I know it's true. The wisdom of the world seems like foolishness. Well, it is foolishness to God, but the but God's gospel and wisdom and the preaching of the word seems like foolishness to the world. And the Lord is saying to us, I want to confront the mindsets that you have that prevent your belief in what i can do through you in you through you i know when we are doing that and when we do that and those of you listening online the lord is saying i want you to confront some of those strongholds that prevent your belief and what I can do. All of the promises of God are yes in Christ Jesus. And to that we say amen. I'm in it. I'm in it all the way. I jump into the deep end of the pool immersed. Not tippy-toe. Oh, oh, maybe, maybe, but you know, maybe I can believe what the world says about this. No. I jump in. I'm all in. THE FATHER OF THE BOY, PRETTY MUCH THE WORLD'S philosophies DIDN'T HELP HIM MUCH BECAUSE HE STILL HAD THE PROBLEM. HE WAS TRYING TO MANAGE THE PROBLEM. IF WE'RE MANAGING THE PROBLEM, THERE'S A PROBLEM WITH THAT. YOU KNOW WHAT? THIS IS THE OTHER THING. I FEEL LIKE THE HOLY SPIRIT SAYS, TELL THE PEOPLE, I GOT AN ANSWER FOR EVERY PROBLEM YOU FACE. I GOT AN ANSWER. If you're thinking that there's no answers, you have a stronghold in your mind. He is the truth. He is the way. There is an answer. All you need to do is step and say, I believe. Now, Jesus, what do we want to do about this? Did you hear me? What do we want to do about this? (laughs) Woo! And you know what? That's the linchpin. In other words, that's going to be what creates when we confront the the strongholds of our mind there is going to be a river of faith that flows that is going to cause people to be saved that you think are far off from the Lord that you have kind of written off the Lord says why are you writing them off if you have believed it's impossible you have partnered with the enemy in that in your mind Woo! come on and the Lord is saying nothing is impossible for those who believe. So, you know what I want you to do this week? I want you to think of the most impossible thing that's in your life right now. <laughs> Maybe it's buying a house in Santa Clara. And you're going, that is so impossible. I mean, that's a crazy thing. And you know what, Lord? Unless you show up, I know that won't happen. But guess what? If He wants you here, if He has you here, Then he's going to open the door. I know he did it for me. He did it for Pastor David. He's done it for other people in this house supernaturally. Come on. See, you're saying, how is this church going to grow? It's going to grow when the linchpin comes out of our unbelief to believe for the impossible. Because it's going to grow through you. And listen. We have the DNA of the Father. We have the DNA of the Father because we belong to Jesus. And we bring glory to the Father when we go about doing the works of Jesus in His name through the power of the Holy Spirit to the glory of the Father. Come on. We go about doing the works of Jesus in His name through the power of the Holy Spirit to the glory of the Father. There's more for you. It's like, Pastor Lynn, you're pushing me today. I'm going to push you. I'm going to push you to be what he has paid for you to be. You have all of the power and authority that you need to overcome all of the works of the enemy. All of them all of them there is nothing lacking in what jesus provides for us do you hear me there is nothing lacking you have everything that you need let's sing that song rebecca and then we're gonna pray thank you lord jesus
0: thank you lord jesus your name is power
2: your name is
0: Jesus. Shut Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness for every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name.
3: down what you believe God can do because of what you see and the Lord is saying listen step in and actually he's giving me the picture of the priests that step in to the Jordan to cause the Jordan to part so that they can go into the promised land they're going into the promised land and the Lord is saying you need to step in and I will be with you. I will give you every step. Some of us, he's saying, you want everything right. You want the whole story, exactly how I'm going to do it, right at the beginning. And I'm telling you, I'm not going to give that to you. What I want you to do is take a step. Take a step. And I will keep doing miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle in your life. But you just keep taking that step. Keep taking that step. I will be with you, but when we take those steps, this is what the Lord says, your belief, that's you believing, that's you believing what I have said. That's when your belief comes into agreement with my word, and then your faith is increased. Your flow of your faith is increased. I'm going to tell a story. I don't know if I'm supposed to, but I'm going to do it because the Lord keeps telling me to tell it. It's one of those stories where Pastor David would probably say, you shouldn't tell that story. But I'm going to say, <laughs> it's Mother's Day. We're forgiven of everything, mothers, on this day. So I'm going to say, as you know, we purchased the Mackay house during COVID. This house, this church, and the supporters of women of the world gave OVER $180,000 TO PURCHASE. THAT that's DOESN'T COUNT EVERYTHING ELSE WE DID. BUT LET ME TELL YOU A LITTLE SECRET ABOUT THIS STORY. THE HOUSE, THE CONTRACT, THE FIRST YEAR, THE WAY THAT IT WORKED WAS THE FIRST YEAR, WE PUT A DEPOSIT DOWN OF $100,000 WITH THE SELLER SAYING, I'LL GIVE YOU ANOTHER YEAR TO COME UP WITH THE ADDITIONAL $85,000. GOOD MAN, BUT HE DIDN'T THINK He's a believer, but he didn't believe that we could come up with that amount of money, the second amount. So he was gambling on the fact that the second almost $100,000 would not come in. Also in the contract, the beginning of the contract, when we put down the, the down payment of 100000 it was based upon the gold standard. So in other words, whatever the gold standard would be, would be what we would eventually pay At the end of the day with the desire the hope that the price when it's converted would go up a year plus later okay so anyway well when it came time when we finally were coming time to we had come up with the second amount which was the first thing that he was surprised about his the gold standard was going up and up and up so in other words this house was going to cost more money. But you know what? On the day of the sale, the finaling, finalizing of the paper paperwork, you know what happened? The gold standard plummeted. Woo! And it cost a little less than what? You know why? Because God was with us know what the man said? He was a believer. You know what he said? God is with you. God is with you. So he happily said, God is with you. But I'm going to tell you, God is with you. Step in. Step in. Step in. in. I believe in the power of Jesus' name. Everything that He is, He is for me in my life. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know what? I just feel like there's a linchpin that's just been taken out. There's going to be like, woo! Like I, I see a grenade, you know, and you take the pin out of the grenade and you throw it. And what we're going to do is throw it into impossibilities, and they're going to become possible because it's our faith and our belief that we're throwing into those circumstances. Lord, we believe. We believe you. We believe in, Lord. What we commit to do is confront strongholds that prevent our belief in what you have promised according to your word. We're committed to that, Lord. We thank you, Father, for this day, for your word, walking in power in your name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Mother's Day. Walk in that power and belief. Amen.
0: Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadow.